0: Today's scripture reading is from the book of James, the fifth chapter, the first to the sixth verse. Now, listen, you rich people. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded, their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, The wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. This is the word of the Lord. So our title for today is No Favor for the Rich. There is no favor for the rich. James 5, 1 through 6 says, Now listen, you rich people, weep and wail well because of the misery that is coming upon you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workmen who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty. You have lived on earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened yourselves in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered innocent men who were not even opposing you. William McDonald quotes, he says, In one of the most searching and piercing sections of his letter, James now launches into denunciation of the sins of the rich. The words fall like hammer blows, blunt and unsparing. In fact, the denunciation is so strong that these verses are seldom preached on. Verse 1. Before we get started, let me tell you this. Being rich is not a sin. Being rich is not a sin. I hear all the people, money is the root of all evil. No, 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 no. no. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. 1 Timothy 6.10. Right? So just that one word, money is the root of evil. No, 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 no. That means I have to sell everything that I have. I can't touch it. It's evil. No. The love for money is the root of all evil. So we have to be careful when people are talking. That's how you have people who uh, took advantage of the Christian faith, right? The Bible says that that, that it's evil to have money, so give me everything that you have. But the people weren't even paying attention. It's like, well, why are you rich? You have everything. You want me to give everything to you, right? Because this pleases the Lord. Read your word. With that being said, rich is not being a sin. God did say, though, God did say, that it is harder for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. It is harder for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. James helps us see why this morning. So note: look at how the Bible compliments. It's, you, you ever read the scripture, like you could read something in the Old Testament, you take you to the New Testament. You're like, oh, wow. He said, when Moses, he was telling, tell them who sent you, that I am sent you. Then Jesus is talking and telling that I am. And they picked up stones to, to, to stone them to stone Jesus because he compared himself to, to, to God. So look at how the Scriptures complement one another. Back to the text. In chapter 5, James now switches his attention to the rich. He says, Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. I am convinced that James is talking to the rich unbelievers. And I'm going to give you some, some Scriptures as to why. If we draw parallels to chapter 2, verses 6 through 7— we can safely draw a conclusion that James is speaking to the unbelieving rich people. Why? Because James 2 says, listen, in in verse 6, but you have insulted the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are slandering the noble name of him who who you have sent? So pretty much what he's saying is that how can you act like these rich people? these unbelieving rich people. You are believers. You are not to act like they are. So if we draw the conclusion, we look at these verses, James takes the pause, and now he's addressing just these rich unbelievers. I can only imagine a rich person being there as as this letter's being read. Weep and wail because of the misery that is coming upon you. Instead, God, through James, he says this, and a lot of the Rich, unbelieving people have no idea the judgment coming upon them. Why is this judgment coming upon? Because if we look at verses 2 and 3, James strikes the hammer again with, Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you, and eat your flesh like fire. Now, I don't know about you, but as soon as I read that text, it took me to Matthew 619 through 21, where Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. We're moth, right? So if we look at that text and we say, well, why shouldn't we store up these treasures? Why shouldn't we? What's the big problem with having nice things? Well, the Bible says that their wealth was on a different level. Your wealth has rotted, and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you. Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there is also your heart. So if we look at this in conjunction with the text, we say, Well, Jesus said, now James is telling them, that they had all this wealth and now it's corroded and now they're, 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 uh, it's eating at their flesh because they have so much. All these earthly things will pass away. Again, the sin is not being rich. That's, that's not the sin. These rich people had hoarded riches to the point to where they were spoiled. In the Bible days, being rich meant you had to find his garments, oils, flocks, gold and silver. Right? So, they had so much of this stuff that some of their, their gold and silver began to tarnish because, let's just say, they had bad storage, had their storing conditions were, were bad because they had so much of it. They had so many flocks, and they, you have all these people who are in need. That's a sin. If we look at to, to today's times, not too much has changed. They were hoarding their possessions. Instead of putting their money to work, feeding the hungry, clothing those who were naked, building shelter for the homeless they would rather have an excess of. I'd rather just hold on to this. I see you starving. I see you struggling. But I'd rather hold on to this just because to say, I, I have it. I have the most. Right? That quote uh, that they say, whoever has the most toys at the end wins? No right? If we go with the world's teaching, we end up all alone, empty. I think we t- tend to forget that to whom much is given, much is required. This message was not just meant for them, but a warning shot to us. So he was speaking to the Christians. This was a warning as an encouragement, telling them how not to act, but also letting them know that this, would, this would, it could happen to them because of the temptation. Think about it. If you're struggling, you would be looking at them and admiring these rich people like, I just if I could just have what they have, and that's where that idolatry begins to, to, to form. If I just have a little bit more, if I could be like them and just have all the finest garments, all the flocks, I wouldn't have to worry about anything. And that's the, that's the sin. You don't, you're not worried about your relationship with the Lord. You're not really worried about your relationship with God because you have everything you need. So the question today, what do you have excess of? Is it money, jewelry, clothes, cars, time? Ask yourself: Am I hoarding? Am I withholding blessings from someone because I'd rather hold on to it? Right. This chapter convicted me as well, had me cleaning my closet yesterday. Like, hold on, I don't, I don't, I haven't worn this. I don't need this. this' just ridiculous, right? We are in now, uh, ladies. Hold the stones. It says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Now, ladies, all the tags, all the steps that you have, one day I'm going to get back in that. One day I'm going to wear that, it, but it's cute. I will give it away, but it's cute. I, I'm not talking to anybody in particular, amen. I love the way my household is set up, (laughs) but do you have an excess of? What is it that you have an excess of? Like I said, it convicted me to do more. I was like, let me get rid of this. What what can I do more of? How many more phone calls can I make? How many more people can I talk to? It doesn't have to just be money, monetary. It it can be time. Time is one of the most—let me—to my brothers, up-and-coming men who want to be married one day— Jamal, I know you know this, when you, time, this is, this is like one of, you can be so, if you have this, like you rich, time, right, because if you just give your woman time, <laughs> how you doing, baby? Here, let me, let, me, let me take her and give you some time to yourself, I know you had a long day, right, but! This is what James, remember, this is why it's so deep, because James said, what causes quarrels and fights among you? If I'm in my flesh, and I get off a long day of work, because the Lord knows my days be long, and I get home, I could have the perspective of, well, she ain't did nothing all day. I worked. I had to deal with not just one kid, but 102, right, different personalities. Then I had to deal with their parents, and then I had to deal with their teachers, and then I had to deal with my coworkers. I'm tired. I could have that perspective. But when you walk into the Lord, say, Lord, now I'm tired, she tired, we tired. But this is our baby, and I need you to give me some strength so that I can take my baby, even though she's crying, she don't get on my nerves, I need you to hold my peace. Y'all don't, y'all don't, y'all, y'all, y'all don't remember that right there. Hold your peace. Every Sunday morning, my morning Sister Shirley, sees my mom, hold your peace. I'm like, oh, Lord taking me back right now. Hold your peace. So that's why we have to pray. We have to be in in our word. Let's move on to verses 4 and 5. Verses 4 and 5 go hand in hand because James is still under the power of the Holy Spirit, and he speaks against building wealth by cheating workers out of their wages. The workers have cried out to God about this injustice. Remember, this is also a hint to us. You believers, you who are uh, overworking and underpaid, when in- in- injustice happens, amen, when un- injustice happens, cry out to the Lord. Lord, you know this is not right. You know this is not fair. And, I- and I've done this recently, and somehow, someway, the the bills keep getting paid. Lord, you know what it is right now. You know what my account's looking like. You know that I even... Spent some fr- I spent money a little frivolously. You know, I wasn't being a steward. Forgive me, but I need you to make a way. But these workers, these rich people, were taking advantage of those overpaid and, uh, uh, I mean, underpaid and overworked employees. As Pastor Meek says, not a lot has changed in 2,000 plus years. We still have a whole bunch of companies underpaying, and asking you to do a little bit more. They want you to do the most, but pay you the least. I need you to—and then don't—oh. Don't, don't let them find out you're a believer. Because then—because, you, you know, you're a Christian, right? So I know I can give this to—I to, know I can give this to you, right? Because you're not going to complain because you're just happy to have a job. And so they take advantage, and so we have to cry out to the Lord— Right, instead of cuss our employer out and walk out the door, and then have no job, then we really gonna be complaining, stressed out. So we have to call out to the Lord. Today we see the rich getting richer by taking advantage of workers. Many of our own companies go overseas with their laborer because it's cheaper over there. You can't get a job here in Sacramento because all these tech telemarketing jobs, are overseas because it's cheaper. Right. And let's not talk about the work conditions, what they're going through. i seen a picture of one where it was just like a sheet hanging up in a, a little, um, what's some old phones called? The old older ro- roller tillery phone. Oh, my God, rotary phone. <laughs> my had, we had one, of those, a gold one with the white ivory. <laughs> anyway. But I remember I used to play on, it. Used, it used to take you forever to call somebody. Nine. One. <laughs> one. Okay, I'm dead because it just took me a little bit too long. If I could have just had a little touchtone phone, I wouldn't have got murdered. Anyway, so we have here these rich people who are taking advantage. And just like today, they are taking advantage of us, asking us to go above and beyond working to the point of death, stressing yourself out, right? And we have, to, we have been called, right? This hint right here is to call out on the Lord because they, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But also, the flip side is, sometimes we do need to voice our opinion in a respectful, Jesus-like, God-fearing, above reproach manner. They they need to remember that you are still a Christian, right? After they're done, like, Man, I thought that they were a believer. The way they just cussed me out. <laughs> stay stay saved, <laughs> amen. So that's why it's always because if they catch you in the wrong day, that's why we always pray. That's why we always know word because when they catch it's just one day. You're like you know what I'm about to. If they say one more thing. Especially, you know, I, and I work with junior high school kids now, and they test Some of them, my side, you ain't going to do nothing. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Hold me here. Because had that been Nala, I know she only two months, but had that been my girl, so we have to always be prayed up. But we see God is aware, and their sin will not go unpunished. So we have to pray and be patient. When these unbelievers stood and when they stand before Judgment Day, their actions are going to testify against them. That's what what James is talking about. Their wealth is corroded, right? It's going to testify against them. It's going to eat their flesh like fire because on Judgment Day, God's going to say to them, these rich people, you had everything. I I gave you everything. Because even those who do do have, it still comes from God, even though they're ignorant to the fact of. And God's going to say, look, I gave you this and what did you do with it? I gave you that, and what did you do with it? Right? There's a parable about uh, the, the servant who had the, had the, had the talent. Instead of making his master some more money, he took what he gave him and, and buried it. And then when he came back, he said, look, master, look. I got exactly what you gave me. And the master's like, stupid. I just—you— I, I gave that to you so you could get, make me more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as believers, we understand that the money that he gives us, the blessings that he gives us, is to build up the kingdom. The time that he gives us is to build up the kingdom. You have excess time on your job. If you have excess time or uh, throughout the day, it's to build up the kingdom, to be a living testimony right, right, right. to my believers God says, vengeance is mine. Vengeance is mine. Remember that. Vengeance is mine. It's not not your responsibility to hand out punishment. It's not your responsibility to hand out punishment. Takes me back to that quote. God is the only, only, only one who knows how to give out punishment to the right degree, for the right length, and to the right person. We leave it to us. We mad at the wrong people. We mad for too long. Right? So only God knows to the degree, right? Even in relationships, you get upset, and you're like, I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to say nothing. And Lord knows, I, I, I'm in silent treatment. I, you, ain't talk, you ain't talking to me. But only God should hand out punishment because only he knows how to hand out the right punishment and what's what's appropriate. Amen. Who does this remind you of? This description we have James these rich people who have all these this excess all these excess goods and they're not sharing. They're, and right, this this reminds me of the rich young man in and uh, Lazarus. You remember this story? You had the rich man who had everything. The Bible says that the rich man lived in luxury and self-indulgence every day. He had no pity on Lazarus, who was less fortunate. Lazarus was a beggar. He stood outside and begged, half-naked, help me, help me, rich man, help me. He would eat off the the food that fell on the floor from this king's table— help help me. You have all these clothes. You have all this food. You have the biggest flock, the nicest jewelry. Let me just get one diamond. No, I'd rather keep it to myself. So what happened? They both died. It says the angels came to pick up Lazarus, and he went to be in Abraham's side. Then we had, it says the rich man was buried, and he was taken to Hades. Where there was torment, and the story didn't end there. This rich man was in torment, and he seen, but he could see Lazarus. L- Lazarus, hey, <laughs> re- remember, remember, me? Can you can you just dip your finger in some water? He told. He asked Abraham, can he just dip his water in some? His finger in some water, just to quench my thirst. Just dip his finger in some water to quench my thirst because it's hot over here, and I'm tormented. And Abraham said, unfortunately, you had your chance. He sums it up, you had your chance. The rich man just stopped there. Okay, well, at least, well, since I can't have no water, can you at least just go warn my rich family? Can Can you go warn them because I don't want them coming to where I am? I don't want them coming to where I am. And Abraham said, well, they, the prophets were sent. Right? We even had Jesus, God himself, come down. And they're still not listening. So it's not going to make any difference. So James is telling us in the text that the, the rich will get theirs one day. And believers stay Stay, stay on your path. Stay focused because one day you're going to reap your reward. You're going to be like Lazarus, not worry about nothing. Ain't, there some, ain't worry about nothing. Ain't worry about nothing. You will be like Lazarus who wasn't worried about anything because you are focused on God. In concluding, verse 6, I did some research. At first glance, right, I looked at this text. You had all this meat. I'm like, oh, Lord, that was good. My wife could tell. I was sitting there studying and things were going on. I'm like, oh, this is good. And as I looked at the last text, I looked at it, I'm like, well, it, just, it didn't sit right with me. It was like you went from Lord to going hard. And then just like, and then they killed, they even killed those who weren't opposing them. And for me, that just—it it didn't really sit well. But we know that God's Word is deeper. Like, we have to pray. We have to get into a Lord. Show me, what is it that I'm missing? Right? So as I did some research, I found this is out of the many things I found, this is one thing that I found. Latin American Elsa Tamiz, who viewed this verse from the angle of oppression. Watch this. From, from our view, if you're being oppressed by the, by the rich, I, I know I'm not one of them. Uh, So she observes that the day laborers of James Day would have been so poor that they depended on daily wages for survival. This salary was already low, but for day laborers, it was serious, so serious that uh, to not find work or to not be paid. So these people would go in every day expecting their wages at the end of the day. And these rich people would say, Try again tomorrow. We don't have nothing for you today. James personifies the salary, seeing that it as the very blood of the exploited workers crying out pitifully. The case was the same for the peasants. The peasants die because they're poor out of their strength in their work. So they, so they pour out so much of their work daily. But the fruit of their work does not come back to them. At the end of the day, they work so hard to get that check. At the end of the day, it's not there. So therefore, they cannot regain their strength because the rich withhold their salaries. James accuses the rich of condemning and killing. This is why he says, the innocent, you even murdered and, and killed the innocent who were not even opposing you. All they wanted was their right salary. They just wanted what was just for them. They did all the work and they didn't get their money, and therefore, because they didn't get their money, they couldn't buy any food to replenish their strength so they can go back to work the next day and they died. And if we look at the Bible and then we look out into the world today, we see the same thing is going on. Companies are still taking advantage of workers, not paying them the the right salaries, and so people are still struggling still struggling today. This is why this scripture is seldom preached on. When you think about it, a lot of rich people have no problem giving to the church. After that, leave me alone. I'll give you a little bit, but after I give, my, after I give what I have to give you, leave me alone. Because if they look at this text and they see, right, this, we don't love conviction. We don't, we don't like it. it. It hurts. But the believers, we say, okay, you know what? I see I can do more. The Lord has blessed me with this, so let me give a little bit more. So that's why rich people, they don't want to hear this. Oh, no, 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 no. I, can, I can love my neighbor. I can give hugs and I can, you know, come out and speak, but more of my time, more of my money, more of my houses. I know I have eight houses. I only can live in one at a time, but you want one of my houses? I only could drive one car, but I have five cars or seven cars for each day of the week, and you want me to give away? I, I think not. So James condemns these non-believers because of what they were doing and how they were treating the Christians. So that reminds that this is, again, a warning to us, but encouragement to the, it's also encouragement to us and a warning shot. Encouragement and a warning shot because one day they will be judged. And also to us who are, we, we would like to have more money. More money. We, we, would, we want to be rich. There's no, that's not the sin. But be careful to not be like these rich oppressors. Be careful not to be like these rich opp- uh, oppressors. Amen? Amen? To God be the glory.